This is the Purpose Lab. The continuation school was the best thing for me. The reason why, and I believe in educators. I believe in teachers. I believe in professors. I believe in them. But I think sometimes we forget that there's not one stroke to every single student that comes in front of us. And what I mean by that is I wish somebody could have really took their time to find out what my learning style was. Once again, welcome to another exciting episode of The Purpose Lab. I'm so excited to have this particular guest on the show today. This is a guest who I I, I guess I'll say she knows me better than anyone, um, I guess because I came from her. So I, as I travel around as a, and as I speak, I'm always asked the question of what happened? Like, what was the aha moment? What was the thing that made you transition from the kid that got kicked out of two different high schools to this Dr. Damon Arnold guy? And I've always said, and I'm sure we'll discuss um, during this interview, that it never was just one particular thing. I think it was a combination of many things that provided me the opportunity to be the person I am today. But it was mainly because of this person that I'm interviewing today, who I can't wait for her to share the different nuggets. And I know she's going to probably share a little bit more than what I was hoping she was going to share. But as as I always say, this is a very transparent, um, um, the Purpose Lab is very transparent. And so it gives you an opportunity to figure out and find out and really just understand how people turn their their failure into success. Because remember, that's what we're on a mission to do, to interview the world's most successful failures. So I'm excited to have this guest. I know I gave a long introduction, but I would be remiss if I didn't give a long introduction for this particular guest. So I'd like to welcome to the Purpose Lab, Denise Louise Menifee, more affectionately known to me as Ma. How you doing, Ma? <laughs> Hello, Dr. Damon Frederick Arnold. How are you, my son? Okay. I'm <laughs> phenomenal. I am excited that we get a chance to once again try to do this. I'm going to tell the guests this. This is our third attempt at bringing this to you because we keep having different technical issues, not because of my producer, because my producer's outstanding. Because Yay, I believe... Justin! <laughs> oh, you said the name right. You know, she, she keeps saying <laughs> Jeffrey. She keeps saying Joshua. But finally, Justin, she got the name right while we're live. But, but I, I really think that is something trying to stop and prevent this from coming together because I think this will be a podcast that will help a lot of different people. Because like I said, I have a lot of different people who are always asking me, what was it? And so now I have the person here who can talk a little bit about what it was because I watched her do some phenomenal things. So let's get right into it because I think I spoke enough and I want to hear her speak. So Denise Louise Menifee, Ma. As she's checking yes, her um, yes, text message and she's supposed to be yes. focused right now. All right. So, so Denise Louise Menifee, can you tell <laughs> us just a little bit about yourself and where you were raised? Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio from, uh, well, from a two parent home, mother and father, and I am the middle child. So I always talk about the middle child syndrome, but that's a whole different other podcast. Um, <laughs> had my son at an early age um, of, uh, I think, 18. 
But I always wanted a kid. Some people wanted to go to college and some people wanted to, you know, do things in life. I wanted I wanted a son. And it was funny because I wanted a son. I didn't want a daughter. I was very much into sports. So I really wanted a son. I don't know what I would have did with a daughter. So my so God blessed me with a son. And um, I did get married for a short time. But uh, I always thought it was just going to be my son and myself throughout life. So that was it. Does that help, David? Okay. That, that does. That does. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned something, and, and we're going to touch on that as well. You talked about sports. So mm-hmm. how important was it for, once you said you wanted to have a son, for that son to be involved in sports? Well, um, and I know this will go later on into the podcast when we left Cleveland and moved to California. And one of the things, because I didn't have a male figure around, I put him in sports so he could get that male, you know, uh, nurturing because I never thought I could do it by myself. I always thought I had to have, since I didn't have a husband, some type of male figure to help me balance it out. There's some things I could give him, but I couldn't give him everything. And and I think that's important that you said that. I'm glad we touched on that earlier early in the podcast because I know I, I, I speak to a lot of women and their sons are involved in sports. And I think sports is an important way to, to give them that connection. And you can have a female coach as well, but oh, I yeah. think just that discipline that, that goes with sports, I think that's important. And so you mentioned that you moved from Cleveland to California. So tell me about that. Was everybody excited that you were taking your young child <laughs> to California? And did you have a, oh, I guess, did you have family in California? So tell me a little bit about that transition. No, I did not have um, family in California, but I did have two very close friends that lived in California. And I was working at the telephone company. And like I mentioned briefly, my family really didn't talk up college. We did not have anybody who graduated. Well, I had an aunt who graduated with her associate's degree. But in my immediate family, we didn't have anyone who graduated from college. My family's um, dream was you get a job with benefits and you stay on that job 35 years. Well, I just thought, you know, there's more to life than that. And I, I did a lot of reading and I watched TV and I would see these people on TV, you know, just enjoying life other places. So I felt like uh, after six years of working at a job with benefits, that I wanted to go out and have a better life for my son and, and move to California. So, no, his father wasn't happy, but his father really wasn't in his life that much. So what did it matter? My parents they were like, eh, you know, um, OK, if that's what you want to do. I had my great grandfather who lived with us. Is my, um, great. He lived to be 103, which was Damon's. Uh, love child. I mean, he he loved him so as we affectionately called him, old man. Old man. Old old man. Old man and grandma said his wife, but she said, "Don't call me old lady." But uh, <laughs> they said, "Go to California. That's the best thing for you." So I packed up and uh, I asked my parents if they would keep Damon because I was born in October. If they would keep him until the school year was over, and by the time school year would be over, I would. We would join together. So I had from October to June to make something happen for Damon to come and stay with me. My brother, he he didn't feel bad. You know, he, he's like, OK, but just, you know, take care of my my nephew. You know, um, he just wanted me to make sure you were in good hands. OK, so you said you mentioned something and I think that's powerful as well, because I'm always telling people the importance of what you watch who you listen to and and really who you surround yourself with. But you mentioned TV. Was there a particular 
Oh yeah. <laughs> was there a particular? Was there a particular? And I'm laughing as I'm saying this. Yes. Was there yes. a particular yeah. TV yes. show yes. that yes. you yes. watched yes. that made yes. you say, "I'm doing this"? Okay, so after doing this for three times, and I thought about this, um, I, I said something that I maybe needs to change. So I'll change it just a little bit. One of my favorite shows at that time was the Mary Tyler Moore show. I love me some Mary Tyler Moore. And when she went to Minneapolis from, I forget where she came from, but she went to Minneapolis and she was a woman on the go. um, And she started singing her song and twirling around and throwing her head up in the air. And she said, you're going to make it after all. And she went into a business where it was mainly uh, a male focused business and a lot of sexism and everything, but she made it, she made it happen. So that, at that time, was my role model. That's who I looked up to, and I'm like, I can make it, you know, no matter what. So, yeah, that, and that. and it's it's a shame that I remember we're mm-hmm. going to make it after. So so that's 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 how deep that is in my life. I remember <laughs> the theme song. And and when she passed away, he gave me a call to to, to mom. I did passed away. Yes. I, I did. I did. I just remember her throwing her hat up. And and, yeah. and it's funny because it shows like that. And that's why I say what you listen to, who you're watching, who you're surrounding yourself with. But it shows like that that I grew up on. And it was it always had a positive thing that you would have me watch. I remember watching um, different shows. Welcome back, Carter. I remember different shows like that that had something that I can learn from that show. You know, it was it was these young men who were the misfits and Mr. Carter would come in there and and he believed in them. So I think about my current role that I do right now. He believed in them. So I think about the athletes when I speak around the country, all of these people that I say, you have the potential to be whatever you choose to be. But it was it was it was instilled in me by you. So you move to California. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you send for me a little mm-hmm. bit later. But but you had a focus. You had a focus. One of the things on my my power purpose system is at the top is focus. You were focused on, I have a son that Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I put myself in a position where I bring him to a situation where it's not bad. And so you focus, you had, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because that's one thing in Cleveland, you know, um, I, I just felt like you could have, I wanted you to be around a diverse group of people. Um, you know, I didn't want you just to say, okay, this is the way it is. You know, I wanted you to be able to be able to be challenged by all types of different situations, different people or whatever. I wanted you to be well-rounded and I didn't think you could get that in Cleveland at that time. You know, it's funny that you say that. And, and I, and I guess this podcast is going to be full of those nuggets because I remember telling you, I said, I had a conversation with someone and my mother, when I was growing up, I remember I went to Catholic school. We would go to a Pentecostal church, a Baptist church, a, 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 all of these different type of churches and, and every week, every week. And she used to bribe me with ice cream. And she used to always say, I'm going to get you some ice cream, but we're going to church. So we would visit all these different churches. And then it was later on in life that I understood that what I took from it was my mother never wanted me to get caught up in religion. She wanted me to get caught up in relationships. Because it wasn't about you having to be part of this particular religion. It was about what is your relationship going to be with God? 
And so I appreciate you for that. And, and, and just like you just said, I remember you making me speak to everyone. When you had a job at Ohio Bell, wh- whoever they was, whatever race they was, whatever, you would say, go up and say, hey. And I would have to go up and say, hey. And so I never got into that, oh, okay, this person's bad, this person. So I appreciate you for that. Okay, so now you're in California. Um, was it easy? You found a job. Mm-hmm. You had Actually, an opportunity. Yeah. Go ahead. Actually, it went well for me. Um, found two jobs, got both offers, and decided to go to Hughes Aircraft, which I stayed there for 13 years or so. Mm-hmm. So you stayed at Hughes Aircraft for 13 years. And I guess mm-hmm. later on in the podcast, we'll talk about how you got me a job at Hughes Aircraft. But mm-hmm. we're not going to bring that up now, so I don't need you to okay. talk about okay. it now. Let's let's get down okay. the podcast a little bit. <laughs> All right. So you send for me. I come out mm-hmm. there. I fly out there. And so the first place we stayed was Inglewood. And... Mm-hmm. We had we had what three bedrooms or <laughs> you know we had the one bedroom with the pull out couch. <laughs> the one bedroom with the pull out couch. Right. But but it was funny because I bring that up because that was our home. Mm-hmm. And and I was so happy in that home. And mm-hmm. I just remember my bed always had to be made up. And so I get on my son now about making up his bed because I remember you instilled in me to put those dang pillows on that couch because somebody <laughs> coming over and the living room couldn't be looking like that. Right. right. And so so um, we eventually moved from Inglewood to mm-hmm. West Covina. So mm-hmm. what happened then? Because I was still a good kid then. I was still doing yeah, you, well in yeah, school then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think you were a little bored in school only because going to Catholic school in Cleveland, you were further ahead. So I think I think at that point you probably got a little bored, but I, I wanted to make it on my own and we did not go into the Catholic religion. So I would have to pay, you know, X amount of dollars to send you to Catholic school. So you went to public school and um, yeah, you were that that good kid. And then we moved further out because again, I'm always looking for the the better betterment, you know, for my child. And we moved into a two bedroom apartment. So we moved on up. Moving on like the, like the, like, like George Jefferson to the, to West Covina, the West side. Right. So we moved to West Covina. (laughs) There you go. Move to West Covina. I got my own room. And so let's fast forward a little bit. So wait, wait, don't fast forward. Don't fast forward. Okay. you, oh, got your own, you, you, you got your own room that you kept a mess. Okay, moving on. Okay. Got my, so the reason why <laughs> she put that in there, because I brought up my son, DJ. And yeah. every time I bring up something that I try to chastise him and check him on, she tries to get me to remember my ways. And I do. Okay. But I want him okay. to be better than what I was. Okay. okay. So I know okay. why she interjected that. All right. Okay. So we moved to West Covina. Mm-hmm. And so let's fast forward and go right to high school. Ooh. So. When did it start happening? When did you start seeing that transition of me being this nice kid to now this kid who is smelling itself a little bit? Okay. And, and it's funny that you say nice and smelling itself because you were always, and they told me in school, you were always a nice kid. You just stopped going to school. And the amazing part about it, we lived right across the street from the high school and you would take so much effort in getting your clothes, you know, that crease perfect, that shirt perfect. And then you never made it across the street. You you never made it across the street to the school. So I tried to work with the school and try to make sure you're in school every day because I had to go to work and I worked like 40 miles outside of where we lived, you know, so it was a hassle. Did I say 40? I don't think it was that far. But it it took me like an hour and a half to get back and forth to work. And if it rained, it was even more. So, you know, um, I tried to work with the school to try to make sure you were going in school, but that kind of failed. 
very badly. Okay. So so once we okay, so I remember you. I remember because I would go back to Cleveland because my family still lived in Cleveland. So mm-hmm. I would go back to Cleveland every summer. You would send me back. And I remember one particular time you called me and said, hey, you won't be going to Nogales, the school that was right across the street. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think anything of it. So I remember getting back from summer and getting ready for to go to school. And I'm ironing my stuff and ready to go because first day I'm at least going to show up to the first day because you, you went school shopping for me. Right. Mm-hmm. You went and yes. got me. You you took me because you always wanted to give me nice things. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready for the things that you wanted to get me that you at that time could afford to get me. Right. I right. wanted to have what everybody else was wearing. So you had me in the nice things. I'm like, no. Nah. I don't want that. I want what everybody else is wearing. <laughs> I knew that would make you chuckle. Yeah, plus, I had yeah. to shop at Huskies, right? You, you had to. So, 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 it was an awkward time for me right there, right? Right. <laughs> you know. And so, so I remember getting back, and I'm wondering why you're not going to work, like, like, and and so I'm like, all right, mom, I'm about to go to school. You was like, uh, I'm driving you to school. <laughs> And I said, why are you driving to school? I'm going right across the street. You said, I told you you wasn't going to that school because you were written the school district because you were always trying to, what I seen, you were always trying to put me in a different situation. And the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because the people that I talk to, they're always trying to do a lot for their son, for their daughter. And that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It just comes a time, which we'll talk about, where you have to say, you know what? I've done what I can. But in order for you to grow, I need you to do what you can. And so we'll talk about that in a minute. So you drove me to school and I remember it was some paperwork they didn't get through. So I remember we had to go back to the school that I thought I was going to and get the paperwork. And then we went to so I went to Roland. So I'm at this school and I'm hating it. But I find out because I'm smart. But I find out if I get kicked out of that school, I would default back to Nogales. So Tried my hardest to get kicked out. Eventually, I ended up getting kicked out. I default back to Nogales. So at Nogales, I'm back in my old ways because I'm back to my old friends. And so being back around my friends, I'm making the same decisions I was making that my mother tried to prevent me from making. So I'm writing letters and notes because I'm not going to class and my mother finds out. So fast forward and tell me about that day, that day I get kicked out of the school that I wanted to get back to, that you were trying to prevent me from getting kicked out of. Go. So, and you know, this was probably the toughest time for me in life as far as you and I. Um, three weeks before it was time to graduate, they called me up to the school. And like I said, it took me a while to get there. But um, they asked me a question and it was funny. They asked me this question because my neighbors kept asking me, is there anything we can do for you? Do you need any help? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, about fine. Anyway, Damon had missed so many days in school, but he has said that his mother was sick. So he had to stay home and take care of his mother. Now it's three weeks before graduation. I had bought tickets for Damon and I to go on a vacation back to Cleveland for a month. And so at that point, when they asked me that question, I had to make the hard decision to say, no, I was not sick. Damon did not stay home to take care of me. At that point, they said, we must expel him from school. So that meant Damon could not graduate from high school. Three weeks, he wasn't failing anything, but three weeks before it was time to graduate. And one of the things that you look forward to seeing your son or your daughter graduate. You worked so hard for it. And I know if I would have lied and said, yeah, I was sick and he was taking care of me, I would be lying 
to form for the rest of my life or the rest of his life. So I made the hard decision and say, no, I was not sick. They kicked him out of school. The hardest part came when the graduations were conducted outside and we lived across the street from the school and I would hear everybody, you know, cheering and yelling and everything. So the night that it was time for Damon supposedly to graduate, we left the house because I could not take it. Okay. And, and, and part of that story is, I know that's always hard for you. And I know, um, and it's hard for me. And when I tell the story, it's hard for me and it's hard for me because I didn't know how much I was hurting you because I was just doing me. I was just doing what I thought was cool because I was trying to be cool for my friends. Mm -hmm. I didn't, cause I couldn't articulate that you had sacrificed so much. I couldn't articulate that you moved from 3000 miles away for me to have a better life. I couldn't articulate that you were working two and three jobs in order to make a better life for me. I couldn't articulate all of that. So I was just doing what a teenager would do who wasn't a leader just then. Exactly. But I think it started to hit me when, like you said, we go to the movies and the movie, and my mother just said, right across the street is where we lived. We live not just across the street from the school, the front entrance. We lived across the street from the football stadium, which is where the graduation took place, directly across. And I remember us going to the movie, spending all day out. And I remember we were laughing a little bit. And I hadn't seen her laugh because she had been mad at me for the past three weeks because I wasn't going to graduate. But we had laughed a little bit. I was on edge because I didn't know when the pot was going to come flying. I didn't know that. that and that's when they had cast iron skillets. So I was on a swivel trying to make sure nothing was going to come hit me because she had gotten to the point where I remember her. She used to whoop me. And, and you know we uh, that didn't hurt no more. Like right, right, I'm sitting up right. taking it. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking it like a G. I'm like oh that don't hurt no more. And I, she left, and I'm thinking oh okay I'm good. Like she know that stuff ain't hurt no more. I'm a man. Next thing I know, I see this black thing come flying past my head and hit the wall. And she was gonna have to pay that. for that dent in the wall. I know you don't remember that because you don't remember a lot. It was a dent in the wall, and that's when I knew this woman is crazy. And I need to because it got to the point where she like I can't whoop them no more. And the phone calls home because remember I was smart. She used to could make a phone call home and put my uncle on the phone, and he hey you better stop, and, and that would work. He wasn't gonna catch me. He three thousand miles away. That wasn't scary no more. But when I knew she was crazy. That's what scared me. So anyway, we're about to make a U-turn to go to our house. My mother looked across and she seen confetti on the ground. She gets out of the car and walks across the street home. So I had to get in the driver's seat and take the car home. By the time I get in the house, I hear her in the room crying, hear her in the room crying. Just She always prayed. My mother would always pray. My mother would all, I didn't understand it then, but my mother would always pray. I always hear her talking. I would see her praying in the morning time. I always seen her praying. She would always be praying and she was praying and she was, God, what is he going to do? God. And it hurt my heart. It hurt me deep within. But once again, it hurt me, but I still didn't get it. But I think it was that seed that said, come on, Damon, you got to do better. So anyway, she talks about that being the time where she got emotional and she let me she 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 let me not graduate. And we'll talk about that. But I want to put a pin in something, too, that I'm going to bring to her attention, because remember how she just said, I don't remember that. 
So it was another time. Remember, transparent episode. <laughs> Y'all can't see her right now. One day we're going to get the film up, but she got her <laughs> head tilted. Like, what are you about to say? <laughs> so back in the day, I had a jerry curl. <laughs> and my jerry curl had to be fresh. Mm-hmm. And those of you who know about jerry curls, you had to have curl activator. My mama wouldn't buy me no more curl activator. I see her starting to smile a little bit. So I went to the local store. Oh, Lord. See, see? Went to the local store and stole some curl activator and got caught stealing. And I was up in the, in the, cause, cause security came and got me and made me go up and I'm up in the, and they asked my mother, I heard them ask them cause they was ready to let me go. And they asked my mother, what do you want What do you want us to do with them? And what did you say, Denise? I think I probably said something like, uh, do what you got to do. That's what. That's exactly <laughs> what you said. And that, once again, and, and, scared and, and, me to death. And the reason Go why ahead. I did that is because being a single parent, Damon had money in his pocket. He could have paid for I that did. activator. Yeah, he could have paid for that activator, but he decided he wanted to steal it. So do what you got to do. I mean, he... he you know, he's, he's a teenager, you know? I mean, I can't cuddle him, but go ahead. Yeah, and it's funny that she say that because she was right. I had money in my pocket. And I think they were shocked because they was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, we don't want to be. So they ended up letting me go. So that was another one of those moments. Because remember I said at the beginning of the podcast, it wasn't just one thing. And so I know it's frustrating. I know it's hard for you. I know some of y'all want to pull y'all hair out and y'all want to lay hands on the young men and the young women. But it does turn out okay because you planted a seed inside of them. This woman planted a seed inside of me. And even though I went astray, I knew what was right. right. So let's fast forward some more, Denise. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to the continuation school. And I do want to say this. The continuation school was the best thing for me. The reason why, and I believe in educators. I believe in teachers. I believe in professors. I believe in them. But I think sometimes we forget that there's not one stroke to every single student that comes in front of us. And what I mean by that is I wish somebody could have really took their time to find out what my learning style was. Because my learning style, I think about now, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of YouTube videos while I'm working out. I'm an auditory learner. I'm an auditory learner. That's how I learn. I wish I would have known that. But they were. I had to read books. I had to do all this. And yet, I couldn't comprehend it all. Because I wasn't interested in it. So when I went to the continuation school, I remember the first day, the first day I sat there, because now I had to accumulate all these credits because my mama didn't lie. And so now I got kicked out and had to go there. And this continuation school was, it was for the ones who were going to not amount to anything, the people who sold drugs. So I had a lot of friends who were there who got kicked out of my school. And so that's where everybody ended up at that continuation school. And so they didn't think not anything was going to come from that. And so I remember my first day there and I remember just sitting up, not doing anything. But I also remember, I also remember a young lady, a teacher saying to me, hey, you didn't do anything all day today. And I said, well, yeah, I, um, I'm going to do something tomorrow. She said, are you? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to do. She said, can I just say something to you? And I said, yeah, because I was always a respectful kid. And so I think she's seen something in me. And she said, we've had so many young men and young women that come through these doors and they did this. They do the same thing that you did today. Nothing. And they end up never getting their degree. She broke it all down to me and said, do you know that as you do these packets, 
I'm going to grade them. Another teacher is going to grade them. And that's how you're going to accumulate your credits. So if you start putting yourself in position where you do this stuff, you're going to earn your credits. So just like your friends are graduating from high school, you can graduate from here and it'll still be a high school degree. If you're willing to do that, I'm telling you, your life could possibly change. I remember going home, seeing that packet and looking at the packet and just doing it. It wasn't that it was easy, but I got it done. So I go back to the next day with the whole packet done. She thought I was going to do a piece of the packet. I got the whole packet done. I handed it to her and she was like, oh, so did you do a sex? And she looked, she said, oh, you did everything. She said, wait a minute, let me. And she went through and she graded it and I earned credits. So she started just giving me stuff and I'm just doing it, earning all of my credits. So where my friends graduated in June, I think I graduated in early August with my diploma. But once again, the reason why I feel higher ed was easier for me, why my master's program was easy for me is because it was up to me to get the work done. And as long as I got the work done, I was going to get my degree. That's why I ended up getting two master's degrees. It wasn't that I'm the smart, but I'm the most resourceful. I'm going to make it happen because it's up to me to make it happen. And so once you find out what your son and daughter, what their thing is, and you allow them to be in that thing, that's when everything changes. So I ended up getting my degree. And so a little bit, little bit more of my one more story, and then we're going to fast forward to college. So right before I'm going to college, um, I got a friend who got in trouble because I want to say this part because I think it's important as well. Because I did have the run-ins with the police. I remember when my mother left and went to Cleveland for a little while. And I remember her I went to jail and she came back and all of this. But I remember the police coming to our house one particular time as well. And I remember when they came to our house, my mother had always said to me, she said, Damon, whatever you're doing in the streets, because it was during this time that I started going astray again. And because all my friends were selling drugs. So I started selling drugs. And she said, they don't take checks in jail. So you will have to stay in there a long time because all I have is checks. And so, Ma, do you remember when the police came to the house? Because I think that was the last straw for you or one of the last straws. Yeah, when they came and found the gun in the house. Yes. And you said it was, and you said it was the neighbor's gun. Well, I, I believe that until the other podcast podcast you told me differently. But yeah, um, yeah, they found the gun in the house, and um, that that was like kind of like the final straw when I decided I was going to leave California. And because you were you you had signed your well, we had put you in a junior college. And you only went for about three weeks because you wanted to hang out with your friends. And little did I know you had dropped out of that. So then you uh, we were at home and the police came. And shortly after that, between you and my sister, because my sister had come to stay with me also for a little while, I decided I was going to quit my job and do me. Yeah. Okay. And so you decided to quit your job and do you. Mm-hmm. And so you left and went to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And so after you after you came back, because I remember when you left. I remember I was really just living my life then. I remember I I had enough money saved up from what I was doing. And I was like, you know, I'm about to buy my money. I bought myself a new car and my old car I was going to get that to you because you ain't had no car. And I remember you telling me, I don't want that car. And I said, right. what you mean you don't want that car? You know, I, I, I got this car. You It's yours. He was like, Damon, I know how you got that car. I don't want that car. And it was once again, one of those seeds where I'm thinking I'm, I'm putting my mother in a position and I'm thinking I'm doing something big, 
but I'm not. I'm doing something that's going to cause harm's way. And so fast forward. So now you 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 hear or you see because I lost my car. So mm-hmm. my car I had, I, I saved up, I had this money, and I went and spent dang near everything on this car because I was going to give my mother a car. And I'm losing this car. And it was crazy because at that point, I had to make a decision of what I was going to do. And I remember calling a community college, not the one I I got kicked out of, Mm -hmm. but the one, a different one that was far away from my friends because I figured I have to get far away from them in order to do something different. So I called the school and everything fell into place. And I told my mother, hey, I'm about to go to community college. And so I signed myself up. Ended up graduating from there, had an opportunity to go to Chico State. Now, we get to Chico State, we drive up. Chico State is nine hours away. Chico State is nine. And I had a choice to go to Chico State or I could go to Gramley. And at that time, my mother had left and took a position. Well, you're about to take a position. And I remember I was staying with a family called the Nunezes. They were good friends of the family. And Miss Nunez said, Miss Nunez told me, she said, Damon, I'm happy you're going to college, but I really want you to go to Chico State. I really think that would be a good move. And I, I loved her to death. That's my, that's, that's my second mom. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Chico State. So me and my mom were driving up to Chico State, nine hours away having a good old time. And then we get to Chico State and what happened, Ma? I was getting out the car and getting ready to start moving your stuff out. And the coach came up and said, Mom, we got this. And all the football players came and got all your stuff and moved you into your place. And I'm just standing there like dumbfounded. So I was living in Bakersfield, which was actually about two or three miles, two or three hours away. I went back home, kind of sad. And the first phone call I get is, from my son when I walk in the house and he's like, why did you leave me in this? And I never remember what it was, but this like Mayberry town or whatever, you know? So it was the first time we really separated, you know, and and people would say, I never would have thought that you and Damon would be separated because shortly after that I moved to New Jersey. So he was in California and I was in New Jersey. And so a little bit deeper in that story. So we drive up, so my mother said, because I didn't know my coach told her that. I just knew me and my mother had a good time. We're talking. She, I'm, I know she's happy for me. I know she's happy for me because I'm about to go to college. All this messing up that I had done, I'm about to go to college. And so I remember I go to my, my, my roommate's house. We get everything out. But my mother just leaves. <laughs> and... I remember going to my room and she it's funny because in the previous podcast, she said as soon as she got home, the phone rang and I mm-hmm. called her. No, it wasn't soon she got home. I was calling her every 10 minutes. <laughs> like she gonna be home in a little while. She gonna be home in a little while. She gonna be home. And so finally she picked the phone and I was like, how you because I was like, man, how you just gonna leave me? Like I was hurt. Here's the story that I tell everyone. And let's see if she remembers this. So she had met a gentleman by the name of Steve Irving, and he was a black gentleman. And Steve Irving said to her, if he needs any help, please just just make sure he gets in contact with me. And so I remember, fast forward, first week of football and all of that, I had a problem with my financial aid because my mother used to do my financial aid papers. And so I had a problem with my financial aid. And so I remember calling my mother saying, hey, ma, I'm having because my coach let me go to go over to take care of it. I called my mom, I'm having a problem with my financial aid. And my mother said, all right, go go talk to that man that we met and hung up the phone. 
And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. No, I ain't going to talk to him. I'm trying to talk to my mother. Like, like my mother take care of everything. Like, what do you, what do you mean? And so I remember calling her back saying, my, my financial aid, my mother hung up the phone again. I'm like, she tripping. Like, like what, what's she doing? Like I need her help and she not there to help. And I got to hurry up and get this taken care of because I got to get back to practice. And so I remember picking up the phone again and she said, calling her again. She said, Damon, I need you to go talk to that one man. I can't help you with this and hung up the phone. So at that point I knew I had to, or I was going to get in trouble. So I went over to the financial aid. I seen that man, Steve Irvin and Steve Irvin said, Oh yeah, all it is is it was some paperwork. He, he, he clicked a couple buttons and I was good. So I remember before I went back to practice, I called my mother. She hang up the phone on me again. I was like, no, 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 my, my, my. I got it all taken care of. My mother said this. My mother said, I've never been to college. She said, Damon, I need you to talk to different people who are going to be able to help you. It's some things I'm not going to be able to help you with. And it was at that point, once again, because remember I said it's a series of things. So she cut the umbilical cord when it came to that. So she was telling me, I can't help you with this, but you're around a whole university, a whole bunch of people who can help you. You have to seek those resources. So anyway, so I graduate, graduate from Chico State. My mother came up a couple football games and I graduate from Chico State. I think she proud of me and we do this graduation ceremony and, and my mother's sitting there. And, and do you remember you didn't think I really graduated? No, because my name wasn't in the program. Okay. Well, my yeah. name wasn't in the program. Oh, oh, you remember that now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my name wasn't in the program because you know me, I waited to the last minute to turn the stuff in. And let's be real clear. I waited to the last minute because I didn't think I was going to graduate either because I had to turn in a paper. And so turned in my paper, ended up graduating. So fast forward, I graduate, I get my bachelor's degree. And I remember we had what's called a black graduation. And I remember at graduation, I remember we all get an opportunity to say a couple minutes or say something. And we get a couple minutes to say something that, that, that a person did to help them graduate. So I remember being up on stage and it was at the graduation. And instead of us being happy about everything, me and my two friends, we were laughing about, cause it was about 30 graduates. We were laughing, making bets on who was going to cry first, which girl was going to cry first. And so the first girl go up and we like, Oh yeah, she's going to cry. I seen her cry before. So first girl go up and she gets the mic and she says, you know, I just want to want to thank my family because my family is here. And and I just want to say, we did it. We did it. And everybody starts clapping and she gets. So the next girl go up and we was like, oh, she definitely going to cry. She a crier. And she used to date such and such. And so she goes up and she looks like she about to cry. And she says, I just want to um, tell you guys, my uncle, I was going to leave my freshman year because my uncle was diagnosed with cancer. And he told me, baby, you can't do nothing for me. So, baby, you stay up there and get your degree. But everybody, I just want to say my uncle is here with me and he's cancer free <laughs> and I'm just so happy. And everybody started clapping and she goes and she sits down. And so next person to go is Arnold, last name Arnold. And so I get up because I'm cool. I get up and I go up to the mic and I'm walking towards the mic and I grab the mic. And my mother, you know, she she there and she's sitting in the front row because her baby graduating. And so I'm about to start talking and I look at my mother. But I start crying. I mean, I'm snot. I mean, I mean, it's the ugly cry. And I hear people saying, it's okay, baby. It's okay, baby. And I had to take my attention away from my mother. And the reason why I had to take my attention away from her is because at that particular moment, 
At that particular moment, what happened was I started thinking about all the things that my mother had done for me. I started thinking about the sacrifices that she had made for me. And I knew at that moment how proud she was of me. She was so proud and I could see it. And that's why I was crying. Because at that moment, it finally hit me that all of those things that I keep talking about, all the things that we discussed during this podcast, it was that at that moment where it all came together. It was at that moment that I seen that I had someone who believed in me so much when I didn't believe in myself, someone who didn't give up on me when I gave up on myself, someone who said to me many, many times, Damon, if you want it, you're going to have to go get it. God don't give you a dream without the strength to carry it on. I still have that written in my house because that's what my mom used to always say. And so at that point, I was about to graduate. And so I told them that I was so happy. And this is what I said, because a week earlier, a week earlier, I found that I was going to grad school and I didn't share that with my mother. And so the ceremony was also in a church. And so I said, and my mother doesn't know this, but next semester I'm going to grad school. And everybody was like, ah, clapping, clapping, clapping. And I sat down. And so at the end of graduation, everybody was hugging their family. And I seen my mother coming over to me. And like I said, it was at the church and she walking over to me and she said, Damon, you don't be lying. We in church. You ain't going to no grad school. And I told my mother, I am going to grad school. And she said, no, you, I said, ma, I said, I'm going to grad school because it was a gentleman, a white gentleman by the name of Dr. Scott, who allowed me and two of my friends to get in grad school. That's why I don't get caught up in only black people can help me, only white people can help me, only people will help you based on you asking for help and based on you being nice. My mother has raised me to be nice. I've watched my mother have so many jobs and I've watched her have just different careers based on just her integrity, but her being nice. And she instilled that in me is the being nice. And I know many of you listen to this pod. You're instilling some phenomenal things into your son or daughter, and you got to keep doing that because the seed that's planted, it'll be people in their lives that will water that seed. And so I said, Ma, I am going to grad school. And she said, really, baby? I said, yeah. And so fast forward, I ended up getting that degree, ended up leaving Chico State, and and my wife and my mother kind of did a collaboration because they had offered me a job at Chico State in the admissions office, and, and my wife and my mother said, it's time for you to go. And so end up leaving, going to take a job at Washington State University, where I earned a second degree and I earned a PhD. But I say that not to impress you, but press upon you. All those titles are wonderful. But I, I really, on the pedestal of my titles, I put that I'm a father, that I'm a husband, and I'm a son. I'm a son to this woman that you got a chance to hear from. I'm a son to this woman who put so many different nuggets inside of me that I get a chance to share with the world. So, Denise, I thank you for the beginning when you talked about that you took a chance and you said, you know what? I'm not just going to stay stuck because that's in me to never stay stuck. Every morning I get up and I tell people when I do my messages, I travel around and I tell them, don't be stuck. You can choose to be stuck. But remember, that's a choice. But I watched you. Go to California not knowing anyone except for the two people and one leaving. 
<laughs> right as you got there. Mm-hmm. I watched you get me involved in sports, where sports was a big proponent of me being Dr. Damon Arnold. I watched you make sure that with the sports, like you said, it was some things that you couldn't teach me, but you got me involved and got me around men who were going to be involved in sports. So all of those different things, Denise, affectionately known as my, all of those things helped me become the man I am. And I'm hoping that this podcast is able to hit the ears and hit the hearts of different people to where they see that it's never just one thing. And so the irritation that you're experiencing with that teenager, it's not the one thing. It's the countless amount of seeds and watering that you place in them to ultimately get them to the position where they know what's right. And they'll eventually go back to what's right. You just got to keep focusing and staying and being committed to what's right. Denise, what else do you have? Because I don't want you to get off this podcast without talking about something else that you want to say. Is there anything burning that we missed that you want to talk about? Yes. You want to embarrass me is basically what I'm yes. saying. Yes. What yes. the yes. hell yes. do you want to yes. embarrass yes. me about? No, 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 no. So, because we brought it up on the last um, podcast and I thought it was very important because it brought back memories. And I guess that's what I based everything on. I, uh, several other times, I told you about the time I... I couldn't tell the lie that he was taking care of me. Two other times, I couldn't lie for you. Do you remember that when I got the job for you at Hughes Aircraft? And, you know, because I I lost the, uh, I won a bet. So you got a good job at Hughes Aircraft and with all the sleep. I did, and I did, blah, I blah, did blah, have blah. a good job yeah, at Aircraft. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, let yeah. me ask you a question. So, but let me ask uh-huh. you a question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Denise, Denise, stay right there for a second. Uh-huh. I could have been working that job now. Right. Right, right, right. No, no, no. Everything works. Everything works for a reason. But then I, you know, again, it was like, okay. Then I got you another job. Okay. With me yep. at H&R Block. What was the other job you got me? H&R yep. Block. Okay. Yep. Okay. You, you yep. told a story on that. I couldn't lie for you, so I let it go. Okay. Then we worked at Olin Mills together. Okay. They fired wait, you. Wait, they, but the Olin Mills was different, Denise. <laughs> they, they didn't fire me, let but me. I could. But I let you. I let you go out to the car by yourself. With your hair hanging low. All I'm trying to say is, Damon, it was so many times it could have went a different direction, but the Lord put you in the right direction to where you are today. So I'm proud of you, you know, and uh, I'm proud of you as as my son. I'm proud of you as a father. I'm proud of you as uh, mentoring so many other young men and young women on your job. I'm just very proud of you. And I'm glad I did I have a hand in. I had a hand in somewhere. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. That you know, you know, hold on. See, see, I can't and I, I want to let you have the last word. But the <laughs> Olin Mills job, the Olin Mills. So, so so one time, and, and we're gonna close because I, I want to be conscious of time. But but my grad assistant two years ago said, Damon, how many jobs? And I said, you know what? <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs. And I've been fired from a lot of jobs, but those were jobs. It was never my career, but the jobs right, prepared right. me for what I'm doing today. So it's funny because yeah, the, the, the Hughes aircraft, she, I didn't know, I didn't know till later on that she had lost a bet and that's how I got no, that I won job. The bet. I so won the bet. She got me that job. <laughs> oh, she won. Okay. She won a bet. I get the job. So I'm having to wake up Saturdays. Every Saturday I got to wake up and go to this job. Like, and, and, Remember, I'm still kind of young. My friends is kicking it. And I'm going to this job, so I'm falling asleep at the job. So I get fired. I get fired. And then the the the, the other job that she's talking about, which is H&R Block, I had to use my car and go deliver stuff. 
Yeah, my mother was a district manager of H&R Block, Block at that time. And I thought, well, shoot, what are y'all talking about? Come on, I'm the heir apparent. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. This is beneath me. My mother's the, but anyway, I got fired from that job. They called her and said they got to let me go. Got fired from that. And then the last job that she's talking about that we worked together was Olin Mills. We had to make phone calls to different people to get them packages. And so I guess I wasn't making enough phone calls or whatnot. So they told me my work here was no longer needed. And so I'm thinking, all right, man, shoot, we we both here together. Let's go. They fired me. We don't need to work here. And my mother's like, no, they fired you. Go wait in the car till I get done. And so I went to the car and waited in the car and waited in the car and waited in the car. And my mother finally came. But what she said on the last podcast was what? I knew I was leaving that job, but I just wasn't going to give you the benefit of the doubt and walk out with you. <laughs> See, so sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you have to do the thing that you have to do so your child sees that you're doing it. So, Denise, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you um, that you spent the time to to really just talk about how all of these different situations, and I've always said on every podcast that is never happening to you, it's happening for you. So every experience that I was able to learn from, every experience that you didn't lie for me because I needed it to happen to me in order for it to happen for me. So I thank you for being a successful failure because you failed at different things, but you failed your way to success. And one of the things that I've always seen you doing is having two or three jobs. So I always seen you working. And so that's instilled in me as well as I'm always working. I just left my nine to five and I'm up doing this because this is what I'm passionate about as well. So thank you for that. And once again, this is the this is the Purpose Lab. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Denise Louise Menifee, more affectionately called Ma. Thank you, Ma, for giving us some insight and giving us some nuggets of really what it takes in order to raise a young man without being a man. Thank you for all that you've done for me and all you continue to do for me. Love you. I love you too, son. Thank you.